Welcome to The Bill Walton Show, featuring conversations with leaders, entrepreneurs, artists and thinkers. Fresh perspectives on money, culture, politics and human flourishing. Interesting people, interesting things. Welcome to The Bill Walton Show. I'm Bill Walton. Is voter and ballot fraud just a tiny problem compared to the impact of Google search results that are seen 500 million times every day in the United States? Can the tech companies flip voters in elections any and all ways they please without anyone knowing? And how are what they call ephemeral experiences, things like news feeds, search results, search suggestions, sequences of YouTube videos, that aren't recorded anywhere, anywhere, used to manipulate us. And if they are manipulating voters and election results, would breaking up big tech fix the problem? Or is it possible to monitor big tech's manipulations and if so, to stop them? And here's one that's just come up so importantly recently, is, it, is how does the rapid spread of artificial intelligence change the game? Joining me today with some answers to these and many, many, many other questions I have is my returning guest, Dr. Robert Epstein, a senior research psychologist at the American Institute for Behavioral, Behavioral Research uh, and Technology. A Harvard PhD, he is a pioneer in discovering and studying the power of Google and other tech companies to manipulate our elections indoctrinate our children, and undermine our autonomy and freedom. I've also asked my friend Jenny Beth Martin to join me as my co-host. Uh, Jenny Beth is the leader of the Tea Party Patriots, whose network reaches millions of Americans every week with education and action items to impact our public policy fights for fiscal responsibility, free market principles, and limited constitutional government. What you may not know about Jenny Beth is that her first career was in information technology, and she brings tremendous subject matter expertise to today's, to today's conversation with Dr. Epstein. Jenny Beth, Robert, Thank great you. to have you here. Thank great you so to much see for you both again us. and talk about this. Robert, you've, been, you've wandered into this over a period of a decade. I mean, what first, what first triggered your interest in this? Well, like everyone, I was using uh, Google's search engine because uh, it works so good. And uh, then one day, I, uh, in fact, this was January 1st, 2012, I believe, I got a bunch of messages from Google saying that my website had been hacked and they were blocking access to it. Uh, everyone gets hacked, so that's, that's not the big shock. But what got me really intrigued was why was I hearing from Google? Why was I not hearing from some government agency or a nonprofit organization? In other words, who made Google the sheriff? Um, and I was very interested, too, from a technical uh, perspective, about how they were blocking access uh, to my website and a lot of my online psychological tests and other what do you, things. What do you mean blocking access? Well, uh, it turns out that Google has the ability to block access to websites. They block access to millions of websites every day. Uh, there was a particular day in 2009, I believe, possibly March 31st, where they blocked access to the entire internet for 40 minutes. Uh, 
They admitted it, too. I mean, this was reported by The Guardian. So they have powers. I started to look at them a little bit differently, uh, not just as a, some useful toy, but uh, what is there about this company? Is there, you know, what kind of powers do they actually have and who gave them those powers, if anyone? So I just started to get curious. And over time, and by the end of that year, I was starting to ask specific questions about Google because uh, there was uh, coming out at the time in the marketing field, there was research showing the value of, of pushing yourself somehow up one more notch in Google search results and what, the, what that's worth financially. Uh, and what happens if you can't get on that first page of search results mm -hmm. or what happens if they demote you? Uh, so there was research coming out about the importance of search uh, rankings. And I simply asked a question, which is, well, if people are so trusting of high-ranking search results, could we use those to change people's opinions about things and maybe even to change their votes? And I'm a researcher. I started running control. You were, you were a publisher or editor of the Psychology Today? Yes, I was. And you're not a... I mean, I'm, I'm a Tea Party guy. You, you weren't among us at the time. You're not a Tea Party guy. You actually voted for Hillary Clinton. I've spoken to Tea Party groups, yeah. um, uh, for sure. Um, I say I've, actually, I mean, yeah. really? But I know I'm not, <laughs> I'm not a conservative. I'm not yeah. a Republican. Yeah. Uh, and in a way, when I started to, to find out about Google and to a lesser extent some other companies, when I started to find out that they not only lean left, but that they push millions of votes uh, in one direction, that is towards Democrats. I mean, part of me was thrilled. Uh, but another part of me was horrified because I realized, wait, this company, they have no accountability to the public. I mean, maybe they're supporting Democrats right now, but what might they be supporting tomorrow? Are they supporting... Uh, you know, in other countries, are they supporting the left? Are they, in some countries, it turns out they support the right. In China, they work with the Chinese government to help control a billion people. I mean, the point is, I, I just, I, the more I have learned over the years through the research I've done, the more I've learned about them, uh, the more concerned I've become. Jenny Beth, why don't you jump in? Um, I, I've had concerns about Google for years, but I still use Google. So I use them understanding that, that there are issues with them. Back um, in, the, in the 2000s, probably sometime around 2006 or 2007, um, they were upset with, they were upset with China because of some sort of censorship issue in China. So I think they were complying with what China asked regarding censorship. But in America, they were not doing anything at all to limit child pornography, at least at the time. And I just sat there thinking, this is so wrong. Why would you be giving in to the Chinese government and not doing something to make sure that exploited children aren't, aren't being the images and videos of that are not being spread online. And it, it always just struck me, and I realized 
So this is almost 20 years ago now. I realized this is a company that cares about things that I, I, I cares about things differently than I do. And they've, they've continued. That was my first, the first way that I just started going, there's, there's a problem here. And we've seen that problem in many, many different ways over the years. But the kind of information that they, they collect from people and the ranking that you were talking about, those back when, before the Tea Party movement started, I had a mommy vlog. And you always had to be very careful that you didn't get sandboxed in the Google search. Because if you got sandboxed, they like put you in, it's like a timeout for 30 days or more. And you're not going up in the rankings. And as you're trying to start a blog that you ultimately wanted to be able to have ads on to make money on, that isn't a good thing. It, it is not a good thing for you. So what you were just saying about how the effects of what happens if you're not on the first page, I, I was before 2009 working on trying to, to create websites to land on the, the, at the top of the search engine for, for them. And it, in the process, you don't know exactly what their algorithm is. You never quite know what their algorithm is because they're not transparent about that. Well, they're very secretive, and there are some big problems uh, that people are generally unaware of. In fact, Jenny Beth, I was shocked to hear that you, you are still using uh, Google services of various sorts because you positively should not do that. I know more about um, this company and the danger that they pose than anyone in the world, and that's the last thing you want to do is use their services. Because the first so that problem, would be Gmail, that would be the Google search. What else are, would tick off what we ought to well, be worried about? It's Google Maps. Yeah. It's uh, Google Docs, which which young people use to prepare all their papers for school. Yeah. Uh, you know, in fact, the ones you've heard of, uh, Chrome, which is their browser, monitors every single thing you do online. If you have an Android phone, Android is Google. Android monitors what you're, what you're doing on your phone, uh, even if you're offline, it's still collecting information. And the moment you go back online, it uploads all the information to Google. So it's tracking your location. It's tracking your voice. It's tracking every single sound. And not just tracking, it's recording all the sound that it hears. Uh, but those are just platforms or services uh, that you've heard of. Google is actually surveilling uh, you and your kids and your loved ones uh, uh, over more than 200 different platforms, most of which people have not heard of. So quick example, um, most websites, uh, millions of websites use Google Analytics to track traffic to their website. Well. According to Google's Terms of Service, I'm probably one of the three people in the world who've actually read that. Uh, if you're I curl using, up with it every night to you know, sure. put me to sleep. <laughs> if, if you are using a Google service such as Google Analytics, then they have a right to track you. So in other words, on all of those websites that use Google Analytics, which Google provides for free uh, to companies around the world, if you visit any of those websites, Google is tracking every single thing you do on those websites. So there are actually more than 200 different ways in which they're tracking us. They bought Fitbit 
few years ago. So that gives them physiological data 24 hours a day. Uh, about seven, eight years ago, they bought the Nest Smart Thermostat Company. And the first thing they did after they started making smart thermostats was they put microphones in them. Oh, yes, yes. So every thermostat in your house, well, well, the, yeah. the new ones have got the microphone. But the point is they did this without telling anyone. And at the time, they also were filing for patents on how to interpret sounds inside the home so they could tell whether, you know, the kids are okay, whether your sex life is okay. Uh, they literally got patents on methods for interpreting sound inside homes. This is the Bill Walton Show, and I'm here with uh, Robert, Dr. Robert Epstein and uh, Jenny Beth Martin, and we're of the Tea Party Patriots, and we're, we're talking about Google and Google's omnipotence and ability to monitor and manipulate. And w let's talk about the people in Google. I'd like to put a human face on it, because people at Google, you know, what's the culture of Google? We've got Sergery Bren, Sergery Bren, and the, the other fellow is... Uh, um, Larry Page. Larry Page who actually met 12 years ago when they were children, but they were, <laughs> they were billionaire children. So, but the, what, what's the culture like? And, and what is it that, uh, and, and has that changed in the 12, 10 years since you started following uh, and, and getting into the, the Google world? Well, first of all, as you, as you know, as a former corporate executive, uh, corporations have a culture. Yeah. And some, some have a very distinctive cultures. Google's is extremely distinctive. 96% of the donations of Google employees go to Democrats, okay? Which, again, I'm, I'm all for that. But the point is, it's, it's very homogeneous culture, leans extremely left. And the two founders are utopians. Now, that's a problem. Uh, you know... Because it means you're going to be hiring people who think like you do. And it also means that in your mind, you know what's best for the world. Uh, one of the fascinating items... We, we, we seem to have a lot of those people on the planet right now. Yes, we do. Yes, yes we do. But not, not who have as much power as they yeah, do. Now, right. One example, an eight-minute video leaked from their advanced products division a couple of years ago. It's called The Selfish Ledger. It was never meant to be seen outside the company. Uh, if you look online, look up the Selfish Ledger and then put my name next to it, you'll get a, a detailed transcript with my annotations on it. This video is about the company's ability to re-engineer humanity according to, and I kid you not, it's right in the video, company values. So their culture is very, very strong. It's very utopian. We know best. We're going to remake the world. We're going to reshape kids around the world, which is one of the things that now my research is looking at directly, is that indoctrination problem. We are going to put into office people we think should be in office, not just in the U.S., but around the world. We are going to impact the thinking and behavior and emotions of Right now, more than 4 billion people around the world, the way we want to, generally speaking, without anyone knowing what, they're, what we're doing, and generally speaking, without leaving a paper trail. Dr. Epstein, Stein, Epstein, um, like Einstein, Epstein, 
Um, the I like the comparison. Thank you. Well, I, I think it's, it's a pretty apt, apt comparison. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you used to be the editor in chief at Psychology Today. When it comes to psychological experiments, aren't there um, ethics and morals about making sure that if people are in a psychological experiment, that they are aware of it and they consent to it? And <laughs> It, it seems like what you were just describing about what Google is doing, it, it, that's a psychological experiment. Uh, it's gone way past experimentation because they, 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 uh, they have mastered techniques, which I've been discovering and naming and identifying right. and quantifying over the years. But they've mastered techniques uh, which they use without any constraint. They use them uh, to impact... Uh, our kids, they use them to impact our elections, they use them to impact decisions that pretty much everyone makes, especially if you're using a lot of Google services, which I think you are. There's, I, I mostly, the most important thing that I'm using is I, I still have so much in Gmail. So they're collecting a lot of information, but I, I don't know how much they're manipulating what I'm I'm seeing from from my email. If you've been using the internet for 20 years, which probably the right. people at this table have been, uh, they have the equivalent of more than three million pages of information about you. I think in my case, with the number of emails that I get, it's probably more like 10 million. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you get your whole network of, of, of people. I, I, at, at some point, I. I but I'm careful about what I use for my search, for for search, and uh, for browsers. So they're 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 getting it from from Gmail. But I, I, when I'm searching for things, I I use different different tools. At some point, I just was like, someone's going to get it. But I, it's very easy to switch off of Gmail. Uh, so uh, this is a little footnote, I guess, on our larger discussion, but it's worth bringing up. You can set your Gmail to forward emails right. that are coming in. What you want to do is set it to forward to your new ProtonMail account. Right. You can sign up for ProtonMail in seconds because they don't ask you anything about yourself because they don't survive off of surveillance. Uh, they're based in Switzerland. They're subject to very strict Swiss privacy laws. They use end-to-end -end encryption. So if you're writing from ProtonMail to ProtonMail, no one can see that message, not even the people at ProtonMail. At Google, it's just the opposite. Right. Thousands of employees at Google uh, have free access to your entire profile, your whole search history, all the emails you've ever written. <clears throat> Nothing within that company is encrypted because they're so focused on speed, so they don't encrypt anything. And, you know, once you, you set up that forwarding from your Gmail, everything's coming in now to your new Proton Mail. So you're checking your Proton Mail. You, now you're replying from Proton Mail. So right. everyone immediately gets your new email address. You don't lose any of that, your old, uh, you know, archive of emails on Gmail. It's still there for you. They never erase anything. They do, however, cut people off sometimes from their Gmails. They've done that to millions of people. Right. You've probably heard of Jordan Peterson, is a, sure. a colleague of mine, psychologist up yeah. in uh, Canada. He's one of millions of people who has been 
completely cut off from his accounts. And when they cut you off from Gmail, they cut you off from all of your accounts. And they can do this with or without cause, and they have no customer service department. So when they decide to cut They don't you, have an 800 number we can call and say, gee. There is no... There no is customer no service customer department, service, period. Period. So, but... So and and Google's pri a private company. That's right. No shareholders, I mean no no public shareholders. Right. So the two the two young men, not so young, now uh, control the company, and a, a fair number of venture capitalists from Silicon Valley have still got big stakes in in Google. Of course, the venture capitalists in Silicon Valley share the values of the of the founders, don't they? But see, two of the key funders uh, who who really got them going. Uh, one is Roger McNamee, another is Jaron Lanier. They're both billionaire, you know, uh, tech guys. I thought Roger McNamee was a libertarian. Yes. Well, the point is, each each of those has come out with public statements, and each of them in the last few years has come out with a book. They've each written a book saying that if they had known what was going to happen to Google and Facebook, which they both invested in in the early days, they would never have invested in those companies. Then mm. these are very dangerous companies, especially for democracy. So here are here are two of the biggest you know investors in these companies that got them going, saying they have turned into monsters. And so it's you know it's not just me. There there are people who are in the know, who really understand from the inside what's going on, and who are. Terrified. It, and there have been several employees who have left Google or Facebook and come out and said they won't let their children even have smartphones and, and, they're, and they're opposed to it. But explain, why is it dangerous? Why is what they are doing dangerous? I understand I've got to make a 90-day goal to get off of Gmail. I know I can do exactly what you said and forward, but then making sure everything getting replied to you properly. And Sounds like it's as far as giving up cigarettes. So I, I'll take care of that. <laughs> But, um, and I'm saying it now, so I'm going to have to, but um, why is it dangerous? I, I understand the dangers a good bit, but I'm sure that people who are listening may not. I could go on forever about the dangers. Uh, well, I'll give you a start. Couple, Please. Couple, <laughs> start. Some Scare us to death. Some glimpses <laughs> here. Okay, first of all, uh, you think of, of Gmail like it's uh, the United States Postal Service, right? But it's not. The U.S. Postal Service, they actually do preserve your privacy unless they get a court order, you know, to, uh, and they also have to deliver the mail. They must deliver the mail. Okay, so Gmail pretends it's a free, uh, you know, postal service, except they're not subject to any rules or regulations of any sort, and they don't have to deliver your mail and they can, if they want to, they can take millions of emails coming, let's say, from the Republican Party that are going out to constituents, and they can send them right into people's spam boxes, so no one ever sees those. In fact, the RNC sued Google last year because, in fact, they were doing just that. They don't have to deliver mail. They can alter mail, believe it or not. Uh, so... And then, of course, there's the surveillance. They read your, your emails. The Postal Service doesn't read everyone's emails and put all the information into everyone's profiles. 
But we're talking about massive surveillance on the one hand. Number two, we're talking about massive censorship. Uh, a big article I wrote for US News and World Report a few years ago was on nine of Google's blacklists. I had never seen them, but I knew as a programmer that they existed and I, des I described them in detail. Uh, they deny having blacklists. When I testified before Congress in 2019, right before me, a Google executive was asked under oath, sir, does Google have blacklists? And he said under oath, no, Senator, we do not. A few weeks later, a Google whistleblower walked out of Google. His name is Zach Voorhees, whom I got to, I've gotten to know very well over the years. He walks out with 950 pages of documents from Google, three of which are labeled blacklists. I mean, talk about the arrogance of this company. Would you label your blacklist blacklists? Because I wouldn't. But the point is, of course they have blacklists. And, and a lot of the entities listed on those lists were conservative organizations or conservative personalities. So again, they have very, very, very strong corporate culture. And they suppress content that they don't want people to see. So you've got the surveillance, number one. Number two, massive censorship. And then number three, which is what I started studying more than 10 years ago, manipulation techniques. They, they have access to techniques of manipulation which have never existed before in human history. They're made possible by the internet. And unfortunately, they're controlled almost entirely by a couple of tech monopolies. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that is if, let's say, you're running a political campaign and you put up a billboard, well, I can put up a billboard across the street and counter your billboard. You buy a TV commercial. <laughs> I can buy another TV commercial. In other words, a lot of what happens in elections or, in, for that matter, in life is competitive. And that's a good part of democracy is that competitiveness. But if Google itself wants to support a party or a candidate using one of these, these new techniques that we study, there's nothing you can do. Generally speaking, you can't even see what they're doing. And if you, even if you could, you have no way to counteract it. And they can implement those techniques free of charge to them, cost them nothing, and they can implement them on a massive scale, not just around this country, but around the world. And they do. They do this strategically and deliberately every single day. And there is no one stopping them. And there are no relevant regulations or laws. They have absolute free hand. I think that as we watch what has happened with Elon Musk purchasing Twitter, and the changes that he has made to Twitter to make censorship happen less. Um, well, it, less and more. He's, he's been very selective about what, he's, what, what content he's allowing, it turns out. Um, and maybe we can, can go over, over that. It, it seems to me that it, it's showing, it, now when you look at, at a Twitter feed, you see much different things than you did eight or nine months ago. And it's just proof for people who maybe doubt what you're saying, that things can be manipulated. Because look at what a, a change in what's happening on his feed is. But we can't, we don't see 
see what's well, beneath. Well, have, you, have you gotten any pushback? This is Bill Walton's show. I'm here with Robert, Dr. Robert Epstein and uh, Jenny Beth Martin, and we're talking about the endlessly fascinating and terrifying Google. And I guess the question is, you, this is a very, very strong indictment, which I happen to, I, I, I think you're right. Yes. Do you get any pushback? I mean, is there, does Google defend itself and say, oh, no, we don't do this? Or is it just uh, just that silent black object on the on the hill that just doesn't really Well, I've respond? gotten more than pushback. Uh, okay. I mean, I've, I've paid a price. Um, you know, I was contacted by a, a D.C. journalist a couple of years ago, and he was doing a piece about my work, and he said... Uh, that he was going to try to get comments from Google. Calls me up a couple days later, said he had talked to a woman who he believed was the head of their PR department. He said, and she screamed at me when I asked her questions about your work. He said, I've never seen that before. It's very unprofessional. He said, I want to tell you, based on what, you know, what she was saying, I want to tell you two things. Number one, you've got their attention. And number two, if I were you, I would take precautions. Now, summer of 2019, uh, I had been working with AGs since 20, 2015, but that particular summer I gave a, a private briefing to a, to a bunch of AGs. It was, it was at Stanford University. I scared the heck out of everyone, lots and lots of, of detail, lots of tough questions. Uh, went out into the lobby when I was done. A little while later, the meeting breaks up. One of these AGs, I know exactly who it was, he walked up to me, he said, Dr. Epstein, I don't want to scare you. He said, but based on what you've told us, he said, I'm predicting that you're going to be killed in some sort of accident in the next few months. Now, I wasn't killed, but my wife was. And I'm still struggling with that. But, you know, there have been other incidents since then. Last year... You were on the show. You were on our show in 2019, just before this happened. And what happened to her for people who are yeah. not aware, if you don't mind discussing sure. that? We, well, I think we need... Well, she was, uh, she was in a car accident. She, uh, and, and I talked with a woman who was in the car behind her. It, it, it appeared that her brakes had failed as she was getting onto the freeway. Uh, but the, there were some aspects of this that were very uh, suspicious. Uh, one was her, the, her vehicle, which I had bought for her, a little pickup truck, uh, had never been examined forensically. Uh, it disappeared very quickly off of the impound lot, was supposedly disappeared somewhere in Mexico. Uh, and, you know, when I looked at her phone... I realized that phone, her Android phone, had a complete record of every single place she had been, the routes she had taken, the number of minutes that she'd spent at every place going back years. And then, in fact, Google knew the night before, let's say, they knew exactly where her vehicle was. In other words, they could easily have just contacted a security firm who then calls up a contractor they could easily have tampered with her brakes. But, you know, that's not, that's not the only incident. Uh, last year, our, our managing director, wonderful, very talented woman, 
married to an extremely handsome guy. I was always kind of jealous of him. They're walking in downtown San Diego, 2 o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday. A man comes out of the blue, pulls out a knife, slashes her husband's face from the ear down to his mouth. Okay, he'll never look the same again, ever. And there was nerve damage as well. But that guy then looks at her, looks at her straight in the eye and laughs and runs away. She, she only stayed with us another two months. She was terrified. We've had, already had a third incident very recently, which I don't even want to talk about. But the point is that I have, I've received warnings and there have been events which are very disturbing. Uh, you know, there's a lot at stake here. And, and, the, and the fact is, I'm a threat, not just to Google, but to some other companies, but I'm an actual threat because I'm actually doing something about what they are doing to us. And, and you know, they left me alone pretty much until I testified before Congress. And that was it. From that, from that moment on... That was 2019. That was 2019. And from that moment on, things have been... I mean, these, the last few years have been, I'd say, practically the worst years of my life. Uh, but we're making tremendous progress on the basic research, understanding what, we're, what, what they're doing. We're expanding to kids now. So we're starting to look finally at the indoctrination problem. And this is that you're at the Institute for Behavioral Research. Yes, AIBRT okay. is the, yeah. the acronym. And, uh, but we're also building systems which have gotten bigger and bigger each year since 2016. We're building systems that are forcing these companies, Google especially, to back off on, uh, on these manipulations. And by the end of this year, 2023, we will have in place a large-scale, self-sustaining, permanent system that will keep Google and the gang away from our kids and away from our elections, uh, I believe, permanently. I want to talk about your solution, uh, but I also want to... I, I need more context. We've got Google. The Twitter files were just dropped a few months ago or six, whatever, and that revealed that Twitter, in fact, had a lot of federal agencies inside the building instructing Twitter what to do, who to block, who to censor, who to shut down. And it was, uh, it, 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 went, it went into, they're, they're being quite direct about the behavior. And there's, there, there are people from the White House off, offering, uh, not offering, but uh, commanding Google, Twitter to do certain things. Does that sort of thing also happen at Google, or is Google in a different uh, category? Well, I've lectured in the building at Stanford where, where the two founders of Google built the early search engine. So, I, you know, and, and they were, at, back then, they were getting support among, uh, from at least two uh, uh, intelligence agencies. And the intelligence agencies have always been very interested in, in Google and really helped them with, with their initial design. And that's legitimate <laughs> for national security. That's legit because, in other words, they recognized very early on that, that this search engine, if it, if it would 
keep track of people and keep track of their searches, it could be very useful in identifying someone who's a threat to security. In other words, someone who goes online and, and types in, how do you build a bomb? Well, the, insurance, the, uh, uh, the intelligence agencies, they want to know who those people are, and that's legitimate. Uh, so short answer to your question is, yes, Google has been working with government agencies, not just in the US, but around the world, uh, since they were founded more than 20 years ago. Uh, so they work very, very closely with governments, not just our government. And that's one of the problems you see with the, with the surveillance that they do. They're doing surveillance at, at a massive level that J. Edgar Hoover couldn't even possibly have imagined. And it's 24 hours a day, and it's over many, many, many different kinds of platforms that, again, most people haven't even heard of. Uh, but one of the problems there is you don't know who they're sharing the information with, and you don't know how they're using it. We know they're using it for manipulation purposes, because the more you know about people, the easier it is to just nudge them in one direction or another. But the fact is, if you look at their terms of service, it says they have a right to share the information they're collecting with their unnamed business partners. And as required by law... So this is in their disclosure document. Oh, yeah. Which you've read. Yes, they yeah. also share that information with thousands of outside consultants. Yeah. So you don't know where that information is going right. and you don't know how it's being used. And we're and that and they're subject to being hacked like anyone else is. So, I mean, you know, that information, that massive amounts of information about everything you've ever bought, any website you've ever looked at, uh, you know, it's it's everything about you. It's everything about your uh, your family history, your your sexual history, your disease history, your even your genetics. So it has access to medical records. Well, that's one. That's one of the reasons why uh, the COVID uh, yeah. pandemic was very, very valuable uh, to these companies, Google especially, because that gave them full uh, access to medical information which they had never had before. Um, and you go into doctor's offices, and they will use Android devices. They'll hand you an Android device as soon as you walk in. Maybe sometimes it's an Apple check asking you to check in, and then to check a box, acknowledging their terms of service. And I always fill it out, and I get to that box, and I'm like, I'm not checking that. And they don't know what to do, and I'm like, I'm not checking that. I'm not giving you permission to give my medical information to third parties the way that you have it designed here, you're, the way you're saying it here. Because it, it doesn't sound like normal HIPAA, like we're giving it to your insurance company. They're giving it to Google or to whoever else, software companies to use. But here's what you don't know. Uh, see, I, I, when they hand me those tablets, I say, nope, sorry, and I just hand it uh, right I, back. I, I don't see you filling out one of those tablets. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> I don't even have a normal phone, by the way. Your your phones are all surveillance devices. I have a, a secure phone, and it doesn't do that. Uh, so I have the kind of phone that people in intelligence agencies use. Uh, we actually build them for our for our staff members. Where do you get it? Where, what's the price point? The price point's about the same as you know any other. Is there app. a brand? I mean, we we we're going to sell also. We're going to sell Proton. I mean, we're going to push iPhones or phones. Well, we uh, what we do, we do for ourselves. Yeah. But 
when people ask me, well, where can I get one? Uh, the main place to go right now is a website called degoogled.com. Degoogled. Degoogled.com. Okay. All right. Uh, just be sure if you're going to buy a phone from them, don't buy a Pixel phone because Pixel <laughs> is Google. Okay. You can't de-Google if you're buying Google products. Uh, not really. Not really. But well, they... yeah, the thing about Google, I, I, more con I'm big on context. There's, what, 500 billion of online ad revenues or sales every year and, and google's at least half of that i mean they're they're they, they've got a 50 60 percent share of the ad market online i think it's more than 60 percent yeah so okay higher yeah and google uh uh buys a company every week that's right and that's so right. if you see a, a fledgling company doing something different particularly if google thinks it might compete with its model what they do is they go and offer somebody Hundred million, five hundred million, a billion sure. doesn't really matter to them because it's play money. It's pocket change, and they're buying a company a week. Is it? Have they? Have they? Have they picked up pace? I mean, there's an incredible website with all the list of companies yeah. who are potential competitors who've now been either tucked into Google or or purchased and killed. That's right, and they have about two hundred billion dollars in the bank, <laughs> yeah, cash, but not at Silicon Valley. And not no no not not at that <laughs> particular bank. Yeah. Uh, well, no, we're talking about uh, truly a monster. Uh, and, and again, the more we've learned, the more concerned I have become. Now, I, I have with me, uh, I don't know how I would show it to you. I, I could certainly do it uh, when we're off the air. It would be easier. But uh, this is brand new. This is just sent to me by one of our data scientists. But I have with me a one-minute uh, animation it's a graph, and, and it just shows you. We can probably drop that in, Kenny. Yeah, absolutely, if you want to talk about it. Talk about it, and then we'll just drop it in. It. Yeah. Okay, in fact, this was suggested to me that I should take this animation, and I should put myself in, like, into the lower left corner of it, talking, talking people through it. It's just one minute long, but just this is, this is the way it goes. Okay, well, let's, we're going to start it running, so right. go. Start, you start running. So what you're seeing is a is a very simple graph, and it's showing you on Google's homepage on election day in 2022, November 8th. It's showing you on Google's homepage, first of all, with red dots and red lines, it's showing you the proportion of conservatives who are getting go vote reminders on Google's homepage which, as you said earlier, is seen 500 million times a day just in the United States. So we're starting at 10 in the morning, and you're seeing a red dot come on there, and it's showing you the proportion of conservatives that are getting those reminders. And it's close to 100% beginning of the day. And for blue dots, and then connected by blue lines, we're seeing the proportion of liberals who are getting go vote reminders on Google's homepage. And because of their database and all the information they have, they can reliably determine oh, who's they conservative. Know. They know exactly. They know everything. Okay. They know. So this is based on the best stuff about us. And Oh, there's not, there's not even a reason for us to have elections because they know the, what, who's going to vote, who's not going to vote, how they're going to vote. They know all that stuff in advance. Well, see, that's a big concern for us right now as we go into 2024. I mean, sure. we're worried that we'll ever never see another free and fair election. Well, 
let me tell you more about this graph. Keep going. Sorry, well, we may we may have you, you, I'm, to I'm, see what I'm, you're I'm, up against here. Okay, so some people are getting these go vote reminders, and Google would claim maybe everyone is getting them. Except we know we set up monitoring systems. We've been doing this since 2016, and our systems are getting more and more sophisticated. So we're actually through the computers of thousands of registered voters, we're actually looking over people's shoulders with their permission, and we're actually recording what they're seeing on their screens. So this is ephemeral content. It normally just appears. There's a go vote reminder. It disappears. It's gone forever. It's not stored anywhere. It can't go back in time. <clears throat> but we have come up with ways of, of storing, preserving, and analyzing ephemeral content. All right. So it's 10 o'clock in the morning. Now, the way this works is this, this animation lasts one minute. Every second is another 15 minutes go by. So we're speeding up what would happen in real time if we had this running on real time and it, and it was online for everyone to see. So here come the two points. So it's 10, it's 10.15, you get two more dots. It's 10.30, you get two more dots. And the dots are moving and you're seeing these curves, these lines build up, and you're seeing that, you know, through most of the day, nearly 100% of conservatives and liberals are getting go vote reminders, which is fine. And so the line keeps moving, and now all of a sudden it's 5 o'clock, it's 5.30, we're still, those two points are still very high near the top of the graph. And then around 6 o'clock or so, this is Pacific time, so the Polls are still open in lots of places, and that's when a lot of people are getting off work, and that's when a lot of people run to the polls. All of a sudden, the blue dots keep staying at the top, so 100% of liberals are getting those go vote reminders, and the red dots start going down and down and down, and they go all the way down to zero. And the last couple of hours, you stay at zero. Now imagine if you're, let's say, Trump and you're running for president in 2024, imagine if we gave everyone access to that kind of information as we're collecting it in real time. Imagine if those dots start going down. Right. Wouldn't you have your, your lawyers who's literally standing there with all the paperwork ready to hand to a judge, wouldn't you have your lawyer run to court and say, your Honor, we need an emergency injunction. We need to shut down Google. Google is doing something. Google is manipulating right now millions of votes. And that's what the system that you've created monitors. Oh, it monitors lots of things. That's, that's just one example. But, and, and the reason I mention it is because I, uh, we literally just created that graph, created that animation. The hypocrisy of the left say they care about equity and equality. They don't. They're not giving fair and equal treatment at all. They're giving um, weighted treatment to the side they want to win. Well, the problem here, though, is this isn't just the left. This is a private company. Right. And they're not asking for anyone's permission. They're not discussing it with anyone. They're doing whatever the heck they want to do. And so what we are collecting now is massive amounts of information that they are sending to practically everyone in the United States, we are collecting it. 
we're preserving it. We started out small in 2016. We preserved 13,000 ephemeral experiences on Google, Bing, and Yahoo. We were looking at search results. And if, at the time, that was quite an achievement. We, we were monitoring through the computers of 95, we call them field agents, in 24 states. So 95 field agents, we preserve 13,000 ephemeral experiences. We analyze it, took a lot of time after the election. We find tremendous bias on Google search results favoring Hillary Clinton, but not on Bing or Yahoo. So you always have to have comparisons. Enough to have shifted, if that level of bias had been present nationwide, that would have shifted between 2.6 and 10.4 million votes to Hillary Clinton over a period of several months before the election, whose votes are getting shifted? They're not shifting, uh, you know, diehard Democrats and Republicans. They're shifting the undecided voters. Those are the people they what go after. What besides the go vote piece that they do? We talked about all the ephemeral ways to manipulate and what the search results are and, and what, what video shows up next when you look at how do they How do they do that? Well, there's manipulation occurring on the search engine itself. Yeah. There's a lot of manipulation, which we're also monitoring now on YouTube. Those up next suggestions. Okay, first of all, 70% of the videos that people watch on YouTube around the world are suggested by that up next algorithm. And guess who owns YouTube? YouTube is owned by Google, yeah, okay. and it turns out in the 2020... So when we're talking YouTube, we're talking, talking Google, we're talking YouTube, it's all one thing. It's, it's Google. Right. That's right. And in 2022, in those days leading up to the, to the midterm elections, 76% of those up-next suggestions were from coming from liberal news sources. Now, Google would say, well, that's just what, what's out there. We're just reporting what's out there. But we calculated that, and actually only 38% of the videos that are out there, the news videos, are coming from liberal news sources. But 76% of the suggestions they're making are coming from liberal news sources. That's extremely biased. And you know, and, and, and those have a tremendous impact on people, and we've measured that in, ex in experiments. It has a tremendous impact on people who are undecided. Uh, but it gets worse, because now we're getting data from uh, children and teens. Uh, those up-next suggestions on YouTube, it's 96% for children and teens are coming from liberal news sources. 96%. Jenny Beth, do you people, I mean, you've got many, your network's large. How, what kind of anecdotal feedback do you get from them about manipulation, about information, about Google searches? Are the is the person on the street really aware of this? I mean, I, I think that we've been talking about it for a long time. I think that um, there's just a, a sense from people who are plugged in and in the and aware that that what you're going to get might be manipulated. But then if they're searching something and they still click on the first thing that comes up, they understand it's it's manipulation, but they're still clicking on the first thing rather than digging into deeper into the results or really struggling to 
you type in so many different words that you get what you're truly looking for, not what it wants to deliver to you. And that's where they get you because they know people are lazy. They well, it know it finishes people... your word for you. And... Yeah, they and those search suggestions. Oh, those are we we know from our experiments. Like if that... you take in if you type in crooked, you don't get crooked Hillary. Not on Google, and <laughs> and, and and you know, the, and Google is all that counts when it comes to search because ninety-two percent of right. search around How the does world duck, is duck, done. Duck, duck, go work. Is that on top of Google, or is that part of it, or is that because duck, they duck, claim go it's a, independent? It's a private company, small private company, but it's not a real search engine. Yeah, it, and, it, and it doesn't really give very good results. Because I use DuckDuckGo, but I don't see any difference from Google, really. I mean, you got to go to the fifth page to find a conservative news source. I mean, it's you've got to search, you know, because I'll it, have something very specific I'm looking for, a take on sure. an event, and I don't want the New York Times take on it because I know what they're going to say. I'm looking for somebody who's independent, who's <laughs> writing, and they are out there. They are out there. But you can't find them. Well, at the moment, your best search results are going to be on Brave. That's yeah, what I I've used. got Brave, yeah. Yeah, so you should be using the Brave browser instead of the Chrome browser, because Brave preserves your <laughs> privacy. And you should also be using the Brave search engine, because that also preserves your privacy. Brave has a completely different business model. They don't use their surveillance business model. Yeah, I've got to flip back to that. Uh, if you want it all in one place to kind of get a summary of how you can get get away from all the surveillance stuff go to my article which is at myprivacytips.com <laughs> myprivacytips.com it begins with a sentence i have not received a targeted ad on my mobile phone or computer since 2014 that's how i start out so it is possible to use tech uh and and guard your privacy or at least uh, most of your privacy but most people just don't even think about these things, especially kids, especially young people. They don't think about these things at all. They've well, never that, known well, privacy. We're seeing, that, we're seeing that with TikTok. I mean, oh, sure. You're saying, gee, 150 million users in the United States, all your information is going to straight to the Chinese Communist Party. And most users say, I don't care. But see, we're starting to monitor TikTok. We're monitoring not just Google, but YouTube. Facebook, yeah. Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, and we're adding more and more. And so these monitoring systems we're building are getting bigger and bigger, more and more sophisticated. And that is how you can stop these companies from these manipulations and even from the censorship. The problem with censorship is you don't know what they don't show. Sure. That's a, it's a very, very dangerous kind, kind of manipulative a manipulative tool, but monitoring systems, that's, that's a way to fight back because we're actually capturing all this ephemeral stuff. We're archiving it so it can be analyzed either now or later. It can also be uh, submitted to courts as well. This is court admissible evidence. Uh, and we do it very, very carefully. We, we're monitoring through a politically balanced group of registered voters around the country. And then in recent months, we've also been recruiting their children and their teens. So I want to, you've talked a couple of times about the indoctrination of, of, of children. One of the things that almost every time that I'm on an interview um, or just talking to parents and they talk, anything comes up about protecting children, I am constantly saying, 
parents, make sure you are logging into your kids' accounts and look at what they're seeing on their device. Because if you just look at their account, you have a completely different experience than what they actually are getting because of the way the feeds and the algorithms push information to you. What what are you seeing? I'm glad that you're that they're giving you permission to monitor the kids because I think that there are very bad things going on with kids and it's causing social contagions of very harmful behavior. What are what are you seeing? Uh, well, let's see. How do I explain this? First of all, I have I have five kids myself, and basically, parents really don't know what their kids are seeing because most of what they're seeing is ephemeral, so there's no record of it. So one of the things that we're going to be doing, where it's it's the equivalent of Girl Scout cookies, we are actually going to be selling an app uh, that parents can install and. Uh, on their kids' devices, and that will keep track, uh, make a record of all of this ephemeral content, and then the parents can look back and actually see what the kids were seeing. So, so far, parents really don't know. But I can tell you without any doubt that uh, our children are being subjected to uh, indoctrinations 24 hours a day that is so intense that I think it could legitimately be called brainwashing. And a lot of the, uh, the mysterious things that seem to be happening with the thinking of our kids, all these mysteries, like these sudden uh, use of all kinds of gender terms or sexual orientation terms or attitudes towards this or that, and, and these, these massive changes in thinking among young people that seem to happen almost overnight, those are engineered. They are engineered. And we are going to be able to show, uh, as this, our system gets, when it gets large enough, we are going to be able to document that. More importantly, we're going to be able to expose it. And we, I can give you one clear example, if, you, if and when you're ready for it, uh, where, where we show that by exposing what they're doing, we can get them to stop. And so we, by exposing the indoctrination that's occurring, we're going to get them to stop. We know how to keep them away from our elections and away from our kids. It's just a question of scaling up the kind of monitoring mm -hmm. systems that we've been building. And we're doing that right now. I mean, literally, uh, on my way over here, I got a notification from the head of our monitoring team. We're now up to 7,000 455 field agents in all 50 states. So remember, we started with 95 field agents in 24 states. Now we're up to 7,455 field agents, all registered voters in all 50 states. I mean, we, have, we need a lot more than that. But the point is, we are growing every single day. And now we also have more than 1,500 children and teens. What if someone wants to sign up with you? Do you have the ability for them to do that? Nope, absolutely not. We can't accept volunteers. You have no idea the number of volunteers we get, and I'm very flattered by that, but we can't accept volunteers. Why? Because if we did, Google would send us thousands of volunteers. Google not only employs 100,000 people, it actually, that we know of, it actually has 16,000 outside consultants who are used for special projects. 
uh, I am, I've been told by a Google whistleblower that Google has a, a team. They don't focus just on me and my, my team, but uh, you know, at least part-time, they focus on what I do. And so, no, we can't accept volunteers. And we don't explain to people how we do the recruiting, just like the Nielsen Company doesn't explain how they recruit families to monitor television. Or just like Google doesn't explain what they're doing. <laughs> they don't explain anything. Right. So we've got a, as usual, we've covered about 1% of what I want to get into <laughs> with you. We need to do this as a two-part. I promise Jenny Best, she's got a, another engagement. And so we're going to be wrapping this up. When you're back, I want to have you back on so we can explore in more in depth how you would roll this out, what sort of technologies you're using, who else is doing this sort of thing besides Google, how pervasive this is. I want to talk about the Chinese and uh, what their involvement is. I mean, and artificial intelligence. You mentioned we that. We didn't as, really even touch the artificial right. intelligence piece. I have a feeling piece. that could take an hour to. We need, we, need, we need a part two. And that's going to make things worse. That's going to make it easier for Google to manipulate. I know. People. I know. That's where I was going with yep. it. This is going to be a vast sure. acceleration of their, their technologies. Okay. Well, let's, let's, let's plan to reconvene sometime when you're next in, uh, next in the area. And Absolutely. Can you best we get to. we'll we'll, re, we'll put wonderful. the team back together for can the I give out one, second half of the game. A, a link. Can I give out a link for people who want more Absolutely. Info? That's why we're doing this. Okay. Mygoogleresearch.com. Very easy to remember. Mygoogleresearch.com. And people can go there to to look at videos, look at documents, uh, and uh, and there's also information there for people who might want to support us. Uh, support the research. We can make that as a graphic on on this. Let's do that. Let's make sure we My get that. MyGoogleResearch.com. Okay. MyGoogleResearch.com. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. So this is this is important work, and you're a brave man. I mean, this is. Uh, I mean, it, it. There's a lot of forces out there that are trying to trying to shape us, and you're right. You're going right up against them. So thank you, Dr. Robert Epstein. Uh, um, Thank you. We'll, we're going to get back. We're going to dig into this more. Ginny Beth, uh, Tea Party Patriots, thank you. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. Yeah, to be continued. This has been the Bill Walton Show. And um, as, you, as always, you can find us at almost all the major podcast platforms, although maybe not this one on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> but we are on Rumble and we're on Substack and uh, you know, all, the, all the audio platforms. And uh, we'll, you'll also see this on CPAC now. Um, on on Monday nights, and so we'll uh, we'll be tune in there. And as usual, send as I usually ask, send us your your ideas for upcoming shows and guests, uh, either through a Substack or on our website, and we'll uh, we'll dig into it and hopefully show you um, the results of your contribution soon. So anyway, thanks for joining, and uh, talk soon. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. Want more? Click the subscribe button or head over to thebillwaltonshow.com to choose from over 100 episodes. You can also learn more about our guest on our Interesting People page. And send us your comments. We read everyone and your thoughts help us guide the show. If it's easier for you to listen, check out our podcast page and subscribe there. In return, we'll keep you informed about what's true, what's right, and what's next. Thanks for joining.